Good morning. Merry Christmas. Good to see you. Thank you for joining us today. We're going to invite you to sing with us. There are going to be readings and singing and reading and singing and reading and singing. That's our that's our morning. We're going to hear from gospel writers and we're going to hear from authors in the Old and New Testament. But what we invite you to do is sing these songs and let them connect with uh, the Lord and where you are uh, and his love for us. Please sing with us. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. sang my favorite Christmas carol. It captures our call for a Messiah. It explains our hopes for, for peace and healing and deliverance and justice. And it is a deep prayer of mine. I even sing it sometimes in the summer. Over the past three Sundays, we have spoken our words regarding the greatest of all time. And we've heard stories of the birth of Jesus and the life of Jesus and the, the purposes of his ministry. We've considered the hope that he brings, the peace 
that he promised and the compassion that is available to all of us. This morning, we're going to hear from a prophet. We're going to hear from each of the four good news gospel writers. And we're also going to hear from an unknown author in the scripture who can stand in for all of our stories. Pins could be given to each one of us this morning and we'd be able to add our stories of healing and our stories of deliverance and love and acceptance. We could add those. But in fact, we will because throughout the morning, our stories will be sung out as we join the chorus of the ages in proclaiming Jesus as the greatest of all time. In just a moment, we will hear from one of the earliest voices, the prophet Isaiah. But first, let's hear the opening proclamation of that unknown New Testament preacher, the writer of Hebrews. Emma Smith is coming to read from Hebrews chapter 1. A reading from Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 through 12. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After you had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son? Today I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. And speaking of the angels, he says, he makes his angels spirits and his servants flames of fire. But about the sun, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. He also says, in the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe. Like a garment, they will be changed, but you remain the same, and your years will never end. So the stories that you're about to hear are going to be powerful, but not because of their literary structure or any kind of poetic flow. They move us. They move us thousands of years later because they clear the stage and tell us about the greatest of all time. And they're more than a historic footnote. They're going to be more than some seasonal sentiment. Each retelling magnifies the story of a risen Savior given for our salvation and our freedom and our redemption. It was a man who lived and a man who died and is alive forevermore. And today, we're invited to experience the impact of his story. 
A reading from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. Jesus, the prophecy of God. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the days of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Please join us in singing. What child is this who lay to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Whom angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch are keeping. This, this is Christ the King whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him, Lord, the babe, the son of Mary. So bring him incense, gold, and myrrh, Come, peasant king, to own him. The king of kings salvation brings. Let loving hearts enthrone him. Raise, raise the song on high. The virgin sings her lullaby. Joy, joy for Christ is born the babe the son of mary be seated matt davis is coming to give us a reading from the gospel of matthew A reading from Matthew, chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. Jesus, the patience of God. Going on from that place, he went into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus, they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He said to them, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, 
Will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out, and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. But the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. Aware of this, Jesus withdrew from that place. A large crowd followed him, and he healed all who were ill. He warned them not to tell others about him. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Here is my servant, whom I have chosen, the one I love, in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not quarrel or cry out. No one will hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out, till he has brought justice through to victory. In his name, the nations will put their hope. sing together. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. From God, our heavenly Father, a blessed angel came, and unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same, how that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name, oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Fear not, then said the angel, let nothing you affright. This day is born a Savior of a virgin bright to free all those who trust in him from Satan's power and might. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Now to the Lord sing praises, all you within this place. And with true love and brotherhood, each other now embrace. This holy tide of Christmas, all other doth deface. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy.
Alicia Ford is coming now to bring us a reading from the Gospel of Mark. A reading from Mark chapter 1, verse 16 through 34. Jesus, the power of God. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said. I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called to them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an evil, impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? a new teaching, and with authority. He even gives orders to impure spirits, and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was.
salvation on that blessed Christmas morn. Oh, go tell it, tell it on the mountain, over the hills, everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is going in. I can't I see for day. a reading from the Gospel of Luke. A reading from Luke chapter 4, verses 14 through 30. Jesus, the promise of God. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom, he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began, to, he began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked? Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote the proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself, and you, and you will tell me, Do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Truly I tell you, he continued, No prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time, when the sky was shut for three and a half years, and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not, not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. They rejected him, but we rejoice. 
may be seated. Allison is coming at this time with a reading from the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through all him things were made, without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known.
reading from John said he was the light. He's the life. He's the life light. That's what he is. He gives us each a light. It's not our own. There's a song, a contemporary gospel, a Christian song that says, uh, shine like the moon. We shine like the moon because it's not our light. That glorious moon that stops us in our tracks, whether it's brilliant white or orange, it's not its own light. I think we all forget that. (laughs) The moon is shining so brightly. The moon is reflecting. The moon is just the biggest reflector ever. And that light of the sun 
which is so cool because that's S-U-N, but ours is S-O-N. The light of that sun that shines. We get to simply reflect Him. Today I'm going to ask you to join with us in letting this light move all over the place. This is how you do it. Watch. I'll hold mine straight. She turns hers in. No drips. And then just pass them on. You can pass them right down the line. We're going to have a reading from the book of Isaiah. Chip, come on up. A reading from Isaiah chapter 42, verse 6. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles. Sing this with us.
can extinguish your candle carefully. Give it a second and it'll dry. This light, you can bring the house lights up, Chip. This light that he promised us doesn't have to be external. In fact, it can be inside. Melinda's going to offer a reading about the hope of this coming from inside us because his love and life and light are inside us. A reading from Romans chapter 8, verses 28 through 39. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us All things. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, not, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So Matthew spoke of Jesus as the patience of God. A bruised reed, he will not break. God's patience. Mark told stories of Jesus as the power of God. They read, he gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. The power of God. Luke revealed Jesus is the promise of God. He said, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. The promise of God. 
And John overwhelms us as he presents Jesus as the very person of God. The word was with God and the word was God. In the reading you just heard from Romans, Paul joins in in proclaiming Jesus as the one who intercedes for us. Jesus, the provision of God. Jesus, the one who doesn't just make a pathway, but he is the one who is the pathway. Jesus is our pathway, and he is our provision to the love of God and to live in the love of the Father. I'll read verse 39 again. It says, neither height nor depth, anything else in all creation, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God, listen, that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We've coined that phrase that Jesus is the reason for the season. And that phrase helps us lift ourselves above materialism and all the busyness of of Christmas. It is a recalibrating when we need it, kind of a reminder of what Jesus' coming is all about. However, it wouldn't surprise me if Jesus had something more to say about that. I'm sure he appreciates what we're trying to do and how we're trying to honor him. But it strikes me that he might encourage us to refocus on what not we're trying to do, but what he is trying to do, and that is to know us, to love us, to reconcile us. He might say that we are the reason for the season. After all, we are why he came in the first place. Again, to the writer of Hebrews. Reading from Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. Therefore, Since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You see, Jesus would say that the reason is you. Anytime we say Jesus is the reason for the season, I hope we can be arrested in a moment and just recognize that Jesus would say the reason for the season is me. The reason for the season is you. We have heard from many others. Isaiah, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul. Let's hear from this one and only himself. Let's hear what he has to say. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Luke chapter 5, verse 31. It is not the healthy who needs a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 29. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. The words we just heard read from these two passages in Luke and the final one in Matthew, those are all in red letters. That was all Jesus. Those are all 
the words of Jesus. This season of Christmas celebrates that he came to us. He became us so that he could become a pathway and a provision to save us. In his mind, I don't think it's, it's ever been about him, <laughs> but it has always been about us. There are many ways I can invite you to accept this message of Jesus, which the message is to accept Jesus. I can lead you in a prayer. I could meet you afterward for a few minutes. We could have a Bible study. But what I felt compelled to do right now is to share how a salvation moment actually happened. From the words of one final New Testament speaker, one that we haven't heard from yet, the Apostle Peter. A reading from Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 44. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts every nation, the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message of God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him, after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. Testimony is this that everyone who believes in him, everyone, receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Peter was just in the process of delivering his message, he wasn't done. His notes didn't say closing. He didn't call for Arnick. In the middle of speaking and telling these folks that had never heard this, because that was a room full of Gentiles that were always outed. They were always ostracized. They had not heard this message ever. And so in that moment, he says, everyone who believes in him and right in that moment, they believed what he said and they believed in Jesus as who he was and they allowed themselves to receive his life-changing forgiveness 
through his name in that moment. And before Peter finished his message, the Holy Spirit had fallen on them. Not because of Peter's words, but because of the receiving of Jesus that his words prompted in them. The third verse of this next carol captures the audience that Jesus was reaching for when he proclaimed, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And ye beneath life's crushing load, whose forms are bending low, who toil along the climbing way with painful steps and slow, look now. For glad and golden hours come swiftly on the wing. O rest beside the weary road and hear the angels sing. In just a moment, you're going to sing those very words that I just said. And in that very moment, any of those moments, there can be this connection, this synergy between what you sing and what you say and what you believe and what he does. It amazes me every single year when I sing a Christmas carol and cry. Every time. Because there is something that resonates in me that isn't about the holiday. It's not about Christmas. It's not about any of the trappings of Christmas. It's about I know who we're singing about. And there's something that just resonates out of me. It's emotional. It's singing becomes praise, becomes worship. I invite you. We've, we've joined into that space. This room has changed in the last hour from moments of connection like that. So I invite you to sing with us. It came upon a midnight clear. Yeah. Hey. 
Over the last four weeks, we've been in a series called Clear the Stage. This is actually the same series. It didn't change. We didn't have the Clear the Stage graphic up here, but we heard from Isaiah, Matthew, and Mark, and Luke, and John, and Paul, and Peter, and the author of Hebrews. There's no one greater. There's no one greater. And he did it for us. And we're invited, what a beautiful invitation, to be in a place of rest and peace. Our prayer today is that one of those readings caught your heart. One of the things we like to say around here is, you don't have to live like that. <laughs> you can. I've preached places where I'd reach down and if there was a 12 or 13 year old boy on the front row, I'd pick him up and throw him on my shoulder, preach a few more minutes. It was awkward. It was weird. People were like, what is he doing? And I didn't really tell him. Then I said, you know, I can preach the rest of the day like this, but I don't have to. And that's the message of Christmas every single year. We can live in particular ways, but because of Jesus, we don't have to. And what that does for me is this next song. It's a song and a joy that I feel inside of me. It's a song and joy that I love to sing with you. And it's a song and joy that I love to invite people into. So as we close out today, why don't you stand with us if you would, if you'd be willing to stand with us and join in this last song, Joy to the World. Thank you so much for being here today.
them to take these candles and take them. There's a little basket that you can drop them right in there. Here's our hope. You felt it today. You leave from this place. And today, tomorrow, and when Christmas as a holiday is past and we're in the the wonders of his love. The wonders of his love. May you feel that. May you feel the blessing of the Lord. Grace and peace and strength. Merry Christmas. Thank you for being here. Yeah.